Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. There he is, Christian Tauranga. Well, he's looking forward to talking to Lewis Brown. We're all looking forward to listening to Louis Sharkey. Welcome in from Australia, buddy. How are you, Steph? Good, mate. Good. I love this regularity. We get to talk to you and your enthusiasm and the <laughs> callers love it, mate. And what, yes, mate. what? it's the day after, uh, the day before, which was the Warriors again at Go Media Stadium at Mount Smart. What an absolute clinic. Yeah, clearly, mate. Like, like, like we touched on last week, Steph, um, just got back to their groove. I felt like that, that game against the Rabbitohs a few weeks ago, you know, sometimes you need to um, take a few steps to go, uh, take a few lessons and, and steps backwards to go, you know, five steps forward. And I really feel like they uh, really dived into their, their work um, yesterday um, off the back of that great win against Parramatta last week. But once again, just the... Just the enthusiasm and the intent and the willingness and, and, and defence is just really setting the tone, um, you know, for this team. But also just the respect that they have with the football um, that that they're commanding from other teams as well. But the respect they have amongst themselves to hold the ball and 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 complete those sets. Yesterday, 40, 40, 40 completions out of forty-four sets. You know, ninety percent uh, completion rate. You know, you you, you, you know you, you expect a result like that and. The way that they played, um, you know, uh, I'd like to say 80 minutes of the game. It was a bit of a seesaw there at the start and um, sort of finding their feet again. But um, after that, Nico Hines tries a bit of a one-way traffic, to be honest. And, and it, it, once again, it's just it's just awesome just to see boys, um, you know, really hanging their hats on the small things, you know, the defence, the completions. And, and what that allows you to do is it allows you to, to, to win a game but also play good footy and... and and execute a game plan that a talented coach and talented um, coaching staff has given you to do. I mentioned earlier on the show that, um, you know, four months ago, they were, a lot of them were no names. Now they become household names. And uh, we're used to seeing Sean and, and Dallin and Adam and Wade and all these guys shine. And, you know, we they're our go-to guys. Yesterday, we can add another one who I think I had saw his best game in a Warriors jersey was Rocco Berry, who's been a bit of a bitzer early in the season. He was called up, got dropped, went and played New South Wales Cup, and then he's been up and he's had a little bit of repetition in the jersey. Boy, he looks like he belongs. Uh, it looks like he belongs, mate. Like, you know, yesterday, just looks so strong. Um, just, I, I'm not, I haven't really, I haven't had too much to do with Rocco, but, um, you know, coming from the sporting, the sporting background and, you know, just really finding his, his feet and, you know, sometimes with a young kids, it, it takes a bit of uh, the up and down, back to reserve, great finding your feet, finding your combinations, working on the small things. It's a rocky road, the, the NRL. And, um, you know, just the way he carries himself, he knows he's a big body. But, like, you know, yesterday he hit that hole on the inside of Talakai. Uh, once again, got on the outside of him to set up um, chance. Uh, but I was just more impressed with this also. Like, you know, we, we, we love the... We love the attacking nature that he, he's putting on, but just his defence. You know, he was up in the face of um, you know Talakai and, and really putting pressure. And one thing I've really noticed with our team this year, Steph, is I mentioned it a few times about the kick the kick chase. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he is someone that I, I really, really respect when it comes to this this area of the game. Rocco Berry, um, I look across all games, I watch them, and see what teams are doing differently, what what the Warriors are leading in. And one thing that we do lead in is, is kick chase. And, you know, we're always down there, whether we're kicking from 40-yard attacking kick, we're either putting up, you know, high bombs like Sean was yesterday, and we're, we're giving ourselves a chance to contest it. A 50-50 contest, you know, he's one of the first ones down there. And, um you know, we we spoke about the plus three tackles out of out of Markey yesterday. I really felt like they really really did that well, and and it allowed us to get our line set. And uh, you know, just it's just awesome to see everyone everyone playing great footy. You know, you've got you know Wade Egan who's coming into his own. He he's coming down the short side. He's jumping out of dummy half. You know, at, off the back of someone like Adam Fenua Blake, who's you know if there's a bit of front row in the competition. I know a lot of people say Payne Haas, but at the same time, you know, if you can name a bit of, you know, uh, front row forward going around at the moment in the world, um, I'd like to know who it is. And, you know, people like Jackson Ford, Mitch Barnett, um, you know, Joshy Curran when he come on, just just knowing their roles, knowing what to do. And, you know, I, something that, um, you know, a lot of people probably um, don't, you know, probably see a lot is our back five. You know, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Our back five have been huge. Um, 2011, uh, when we went to the grand final, our back five were huge. Manu, Christian, Inu, uh, we had Kevin Locke. Um, you know, we had we had players, Bill Tupo, who were who were taking scoops and getting us on the front foot. And uh, I really feel like they've really found the right balance across the across the board there at the Warriors. And once again, it's a blueprint of the Panthers. You know, we, we speak about the Panthers and where they've been in that that system. You know he's came, he's come he's come with that kind of blueprint, but he's also allowed that you know that freeness of the Warriors football to also organically soak into his game plans, and and I think we're starting to sort of see that once we lay our foundation and give ourselves an opportunity to actually be in games. We've got a really good problem at the Warriors when we look at who's not there at the moment. Um, Muratani Okore, Tamari Martin, Jess Davanga, um, probably all of them starters when they, when they come right. We're probably going to see a pretty good New South Wales team with the likes of Josh Curran will probably drop down. The Bunty Afoa, will he get a start again? Um, we've got so many riches there. Um, and it's going to be hard to not have some really good players disappointed. We've been talking about it with the All Blacks, with you know Damien McKenzie, David Havili, Anton Leonard Brown, all these guys who aren't going to be getting games. But we have got so many riches uh, in the Warriors. How do they go about securing the right guys? Um, because the, these these players up for contract negotiations at the moment, um, and divorce that from what's going on on the field. Yeah, can we can we get someone for the New Zealand Herald to record that stuff? Because I remember a, a good paper article in the last three years has been, oh, we can't get anyone to move to the Warriors, or anyone to move to New Zealand to play for them. Now we're we're finding ourselves with this this headache that um, a lot of teams would love to have, and um, you know, one, you know, to, to have that problem of that depth. Um, you know, it, it just means you're kind of thriving. You're playing good football. It means you, you players in your key positions. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're performing each week. And you know, when I've been in environments before when the the, the depth isn't great, and and you know, when you, you can as a player, you can take it for granted, and, and you've got no one sort of chasing your tail. But you know, like you speak to Mato Martin, you know, coming back, you know, Bunty forward, you know, players that deserve to be in that NRL jersey. But where do they fit in? Because we're, we're the, the, the current crop that we've got there are playing such good footy, but 
this is where it comes back to it. It's not just a 17-man game. It's a 30-man squad. And you've got to have depth in this competition to go deep into the finals. And something, if we look across the most successful teams in the last five years, they've had deep depth and they've had that next man man up mentality. We saw that with Penrith yesterday against the Dolphins, had no New South Wales Cup players, uh, sorry, new, no New South Wales South Origin players, or they didn't have Nathan Cleary, but the next man man up mentality. And I think you're starting to sort of, sort of see that trickle into our club now. And that's something that we can really hang our head on. And, and players in there that are currently starting, they're playing for the jumper. They don't want to give it up because they know the consequences now to, if they play a bad game, that we've got players in, in, in the wings waiting. 2011, we took three teams to the grand final. It was probably one of our greatest days in New Zealand rugby league history, but it got watered down because of the Rugby World Cup. Would love, I would love to see our reserve grade team after watching yesterday and our first grade team there this year again. There's no reason why we can't do it. It's a great headache to have. Mm. And then next year, you know, where where do we, you know, where do we put Rod? They sent. I say full bet, but chances playing great. It's just, mate, we've just got great headaches. I think it's, we're finding ourselves in a scenario at the, at the, at the Warriors, well, which we haven't found ourselves in since the late, like, you know, the, the mid 2000s. As a, as a former, <clears throat> excuse me, former player, and you've played at a couple of three clubs and, and changed for various reasons, <laughs> what's the decision making process? Um, and I'll just chuck, so I won't chuck names, but just chuck, chuck you a number of these. A warrior who's going quite well, he's on 250 grand. And then West say we'll give you five hundred grand to come to us. Uh, West's are in crisis, or St George, and the Warriors say, look, we can only go to three hundred and five hundred. Where's the where's the breaking point between earning and winning championships? And I appreciate that's different for every player, but does going to a team that can win you a championship means for some players that you accept a lower contract? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's. That's the, I guess that's the the million dollar question, Steph. You know what, what it comes down obviously down to the individual. Uh, you know where they're at in their career. Um, you know the byproduct of, of of earning good money, but going to a club that's not going so well, is also the backlash of the media and 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 we are in a results driven uh, environment and. It's it's not great. Um, you know, it, it's nice every month um, when you get paid monthly and, and that lump sum comes in. But you know, those 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 you know, ten video sessions that month, uh, we're not playing good footy and the team's not playing good footy. It's, it's not a nice feeling. But on the flip side, you're in a little bit more cash, but you're in a happy environment. It's you're in a winning environment. You're giving yourself a chance to actually you know, like um, evolve as a player, evolve in a, in a winning culture, realize what success feels like, what success looks like, and you take that experience with you, not just in your next year, but you hold on to that for the rest of your life. And that's something, you know, I really hold on to from, you know, when we went to the 2011 Grand Final. That that period through there was something that I always hold on, hold on to. It, it, it was the right combination. It was the right culture. We, we turned up each week, wanted to play for each week. And then I've gone after that to teams for more money and we haven't won. And sometimes you find yourself thinking, damn, I'd love to be back in that scenario. So as we see probably across a, a, a lot of professional sports now, players have been more open about actually setting themselves up for foot life after footy. You know, we're seeing a lot of the All Blacks be transparent, but we're seeing NRL players be transparent. It's just we've got a new generation that's coming through, Steph, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
when you retire from the game, like there wasn't enough money in the game when I played to actually set yourself up after footy to be able to not work again. But I think as the time goes, we're going to be able to start seeing players be a bit more smarter, that earning a bit more, and it's going to set them up for life after footy. So it sort of comes down to those those decisions. At the end of the day, if you don't care about money, then you want to be in that winning 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 environment. It's the best it's the best environment to be in. You know what it's like when you come to work when you enjoy it. It it, it doesn't feel like work, mate. It's a passion. Mm-hmm. Talking to Lewis Brown, former Shark Panther Warrior Kiwi. He's done it all. Jersey fourteen. Lewis, um, I, I said to producer Sammy, who calls our Warriors games here, is there a better 14 than um, Dylan Walker? Oh, oh, I can't think of one. And the importance of those four guys on the bench. You played a few games at 14 with that impact. You could play back row, you could play, mid, you could play bloody anywhere, Sharky um, Hooker. Um, what's, what's the responsibility for you and what are you seeing out of Dylan Walker? Yeah, I, I, I feel like probably since since I've retired, Steph, the the real the the, the fourteen roles probably evolved a lot. It's 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 very don't get me wrong, it's a very very important um you know a very very important jersey number fourteen. And you know if I hadn't have been a utility, um, I probably wouldn't have made some teams. You know Kiwis included. And um, you know, but what I've really found these days of fourteen is, you know, they need to be able to play in the backs, but they also need to be able to play that role through the middle. You know, that that short dude with the, the, the legs that gets over the ad line that can use his footwork, but someone that can also ball play. And something, you know, what what when what we've what we've discovered this year with the Warriors is we've discovered someone in Dylan Walker who's who spent time in the centres, who spent time at six, who spent time in fullback, you know, someone that has the ability to ball play, but then he comes into the middle, and what what it allows him, because he's great leg speed, it allows him to get over the ad line, and he's digging the ball into the line, and he's dictating terms, as opposed to the, the defensive line coming to him and dictating terms to him. He's actually digging in and, and, and committing defenders, and that's what's allowing Sean to get around the back and straighten up, and that's why we've had so much success between Tohu and Dillon catching Sean at the back and then catching Adam Fanua Black off that short ball when whether it's been between the back row on the halfback or the back row on the prop just on the outside outside post. But what he's allowed also allowed um, the allowed the Warriors to do is it, it, it's freed up it's freed up Sean. It's freed up Sean um, Luke. It's freed up also Chance because what what people don't know is that Dylan Walker also has a little offload pre uh, post post-contact um, offload. He's got a quick play the ball, which brings Wade Egan. So he's a man of many strengths. And, you know, when you're, when you're watching the game with the speed these days and, and the way that, you know, he has a, he's got a great sync between him and Adam Fanua Blake. You know, they both play that manly together. They're great friends. They know what they can do. They've got the one-two punch. And I, I think, you know, to be honest with you, with Chance, um, he's up there as, as one of the best buys of the season. And, it just fits the culture. I remember sitting with Dil, I mean, walks one day at Manly and speaking about, um, you know, his culture and, and, and his Maori heritage and him really dialing into that for, on, on his dad's side. And um, he's really, really passionate about it. And, and it's just nice to see someone go back home and, and, and dial into those roots, but also add something to a, this amazing footy side. You know, we've, we've, we've got strike power all over the field. And, and when he comes off the bench, um, you, know, you know, he's got the mentality, I'm going to change the game today. And he's been doing that since he's come. 
Brilliant chat. Lewis, well, we do have to push on. I could, we probably need to turn your slot into an hour because I've got so many things I want to ask you going <laughs> forward. But we'll catch up every Monday and we'll do that next week. Thanks heaps for joining us today. Thanks, Steph, mate. Cheers, buddy. Here he is, Lewis Brown. A lot of text messages enjoying that chat uh, with Lewis. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll find out what's making news and we'll also revisit Show Me The Money.